Hello, podcast world. Welcome back to Cousins on Cinema. I'm John Salem, and my co-host is Michael Kenny. We are two cousins from Ohio and who started this podcast to talk about one of our shared passions, film. Without further ado, what movie are we looking at this week, Mike? Today we're going to be talking about the 2021 indie film Nomadland. Directed by Chloe Zhao, this stars Francis McDormand and David Strathairn. I first watched this film only a week ago, and I gotta say, I did like this film. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's a... Uh... I, I, I was certainly impressed with it. I know we, we're, we're taking a look at this specifically because it is Oscar season. And um, this is the heavy favorite to win um, Best Picture. Um, so that was the reason I watched it originally. I'm not sure what I expected. Um, you know, if uh, the title Nomadland, I maybe was thinking, <laughs> I don't know. I probably should have done a little bit more research before watching. But I was honestly... Pretty um pretty impressed, especially when I the fact that this is an indie film is that much more impressive because um the cinematography is just absolutely top notch. It's so I mean it, it displays the just the absolute majesty of the landscapes, the majesty of, I think America in general. Um, the, but then it's like it's conflicted, and I think it's it's a very emotional movie from start to beginning despite the fact that there aren't, you know, it's not like marriage story. It's not like there are Oscar performances. Although when I say Oscar performances, I mean like over the top with emotion with, you know, come with the patrol, you know, Francis McDonald plays this just about to perfection, just this idea of a woman who's certainly she's lost. And, you know, there's that quote from, um, I believe it was said it was from the Smiths. It's actually from Morrissey, but it's, um, is home a place or is home something you take with you? I think that's a central question of the movie. And I think that's a question that um, Fern is trying to answer throughout. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Frances McDormand has always turned in some fantastic performances from her times with her husband, one of the Cone brothers. And from even, even from recently, she's turned in some good ones, like from three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, like you said, it's really no surprise that this one's already won a couple of awards. It won the Golden Lion. It won the Golden Globe for Best best Motion Picture. And, of course, Chloe Zhao won the Golden Globe for Best Director. I'm not really completely surprised because of how put together this movie was. Like you said already, the cinematography was over the top. It was a lot better than I expected. I did not expect much out of the cinematography when I first saw it. But, like you said, it definitely captured the landscapes and the majesty of where Fern was going and what was really going on throughout the course of the film. And I feel like, especially when it comes to the directorial style and cinematography, we really got a feel of how lonely Fern was throughout the film. We got a feel of how she did, well, I should say she was used to being with her husband and not as much used to being alone. But she did, she did make do. It seemed like she was pretty good at being an, an independent person. And she did get a little upset a few times when she didn't have everything go exactly her way. But, you know, I, I, I have to say the cinematography played a, a big role in that. It gave us a good view of her isolation. And both, both physically and mentally, I feel like she, she felt isolated throughout the film. And Frances McDormand obviously made that a lot more realistic. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you bring up the um the theme of isolation because I think that isolation versus independence is a very important theme in this movie. Um 
Fern is certainly a woman who is hell-bent on retaining her independence from help from other people. Um, certainly, she refuses handouts left and right. She refuses to stay anywhere for too long. Even if she does bond with people very easily, you can tell it's not because she is you know, asocial or anything like that. She's very social and she makes friends wherever she goes. And I think one of the greatest parts about this movie is that you never really get inside Fern's mind. At the end of the movie, she opens up a little bit, but I don't think you ever get any real answers as to why is she like this? You know, why is she always, um, why is she always on the move? Why can she never stay nailed down? And I think at the beginning of the movie, you assume, and it almost seems like she's being forced into the situation. Like she through and certainly to a degree she is because um, many uncontrollable factors forced her to get on the road and get going however when i think it's a very eye-opening scene when she talks to her sister and her sister says you know you left home as easily as you could you went with a husband after like barely even knowing him it's like so it's it's it kind of it changes your interpretation of it is she being forced into this mobile lifestyle and by the end of the movie the, the answer is no not at all. It's she wants this lifestyle. She can act like, and I don't think she does. She she doesn't exude. She doesn't try to grasp pity where she goes. She doesn't say like, I'm a victim of something or some sort. She's, this is what I want to be doing. She has every opportunity to settle down. She's given opportunity from her friends. She's given opportunity from Dave, from her sister, and she still refuses it. And I think this movie asks the question, I'm not sure it answers it, but it definitely asks the question, is this kind of a life worth living, always being on the road? I totally agree. I think that Frances McDormand plays an independent woman just about as well as anyone that we've seen the past 30 years or so. She always seems to play these roles of this strong, independent woman. I, 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 there's no two ways about it. She's always turned in great roles this way and that. Um, I do feel like she walked into this life on on her own. Like you said, she didn't she didn't have to choose this lifestyle. She doesn't have to be a nomad. She doesn't have to go from place to place. She can sit in her sister's house. She can carry on a semi-normal lifestyle, but she chooses to be on the road. She likes to be living in her van. Like she says throughout, you know, she made this van her home. Nobody will really understand that, but she made the van her home. And I think this really gives people a good view of what perhaps the quote unquote homeless people in the world and in the U.S., I should say, are really actually like. Maybe they aren't actually the dumbest people in the world that are on drugs all the time and can't hold a job or something. Maybe they're just people who suffered from unfortunate events that were really beyond their own control, I should say. But perhaps we get a, a different look and we see that these people are also independent and intelligent people that really just want to do this and really just want to live their own life without these little handouts that people offer them left and right. And I think that we get a good view with Fern of what one of those kinds of people's, people are like. Like you said, her husband has recently died, perhaps in the last, I think, three to five years, something like that. Um, her town had been shut down because one of its main exports had been canceled. 
and she really didn't have any place to go in, in her eyes besides living in her van and driving around and going essentially from job to job uh, as the seasons change. But I think I think the film does give us a good perspective of perhaps what the homeless are actually like. Perhaps they're not all these drug addicts. Perhaps they are choosing this lifestyle of being independent and trying to actually make it on their own without any help or any handouts from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that kind of that kind of leads me into um, what like the difference between these kind of nomads and I think the normal person I think is very much. Um, portrayed quite well in the character of Swanky, who she's not an actor. Um, that's her name. Her name is Swanky. So um, it's amazing how very few of the, um, I suppose I could say actors in these movies aren't professional actors. I believe um, Francis McDormand and David, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and whoever plays Dave are the only two professional actors yeah. in this movie, which is yeah. um, Bob Wells is just playing himself. And the the bearded man who attracts and that, that that's just who he is so i think his performance in this movie is very emotional because it's the truth it's flat out what has happened to him and i think swanky is also very it's, it's a very emotional performance because she's not an actor she's not really acting and i think what's significant is when you're lying on your deathbed i think most people want to know what they're leaving behind like i'm leaving behind this for my children. I'm leaving to hide this for my wife or husband or whatever. Like this is, th- this is how everybody else knows I was here. You know, certainly there, every, everything that's ever been written to a degree is so people remember that you were here, that, that, that shout into the, uh, that shout into the void. But she, w- when she's talking with Fern about like, you know, she's going to die soon. She knows that she describes what she's done. I think that's significant because it's where these people diverge. It's not about what they're leaving and for what people it's for what they've done. She, she has these memories and she's lived a good life and she knows that and she's okay. And she can be content with that. Even if, even if nobody after her really is physically benefited or monetarily benefited by her existence, she's fine with that because she knows she's impacted enough people along the way and her experiences, even her solitary ones, were enough that she can honestly say that her life was worth living. And I think that in America, what a life worth living is, is described in very rigid terms. Like this is what a life is worth living. You have kids, you, you know, you contribute to society, you make money, you, you set up your kids for future success, repeat, repeat, repeat. And these nomads to a degree, they're maybe not breaking this cycle because I think they understand that that cycle, many of their, like they wouldn't have, work if not for that cycle but they are recognizing that there is an alternative to that cycle a cycle that is more internalized just you live your life and then it's over and that's okay and even if nothing really comes out of that life other than your good life that's enough and i think that's certainly one of the more poignant themes of this movie i agree i'm glad you brought up the real non-professional actors that are in the film you brought up Bob Wells, who's actually written a book called How to Live in a Car, Van, or RV and Get Out of Debt, Travel, and Find True Freedom. So, like you said, he really is playing himself in the film. He's not hes not putting on a persona or he's not actually playing a character at all. He's talking to Francis McDormand about how to find freedom, how to live life, and how to be happy, really. 
Um, I, I do like the level of realism that Chloe Zhao brought with the close-up shots on Fern throughout the film. I, I think it's the, it's the subtle acting from McDormand that really kind of honestly blew me away throughout the film. I, I noted that when she hears from Swanky, who again, like you said, is not a real actress, but actually plays her, her role very well, honestly. Um, she hears from Swanky that Swanky's sick and that she doesn't have long to live. And McDormand really gives this kind of, she gives this look away while she's saying, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. She gives this kind of look down in a way that I thought, wow, oh my gosh, that is just so realistic. That is exactly what people would do if they heard that. But she just, she just plays it so well. The, way, the, her, the movement of her eyes, the, facial ex- the subtle facial expressions that she makes, it, it really makes the movie, honestly, because obviously the entire film is focused on her and her journey through this, what, year, maybe, maybe more than that, this year or so of her life. I just feel like the subtle acting from her really makes the film, the silent parts of the film, when she's sitting in her van, you know, caring, caring about her business, just going, going about her, her daily life. It's just, I feel like that really makes the film. There, there really is, is nothing without these silent parts. And I feel like she does this so well, like she has in so many other films. Her, she's one of the, the few actresses these days that can, that can make a whole scene and make it completely emotional and make you really feel something without saying a word at all. Absolutely. And she's, she doesn't work often, <laughs> but when she does, it's, well, I mean, watch out, certainly. I mean, it's, it's just, she's a fantastic actress, um, certainly underrated for her generation. Um, I think it's, it really is amazing because this movie is almost subtler than real life to a degree. Like, there is no playing up of emotions in this movie. Like just it's exact people have act exact because part of the reason is because most people aren't actors, but part of the reason is, and the only real actors in this movie, Fern and Dave are very much, even then they're like, they are very low key. Fern rarely, I find that the, some of the only moments when she's really energetic is when she's by herself, when she's, in nature by herself she's laughing she's running around like a little kid she's like doing all of these things that she's acting almost as if like a child and i think it's just it's it paints such a vibrant picture of this woman that she's just so complex and so so mysterious isn't the right word because she really does wear her heart on her sleeve but at the same time you don't really get much out of her even till the end she, she's not a super emotional reactive person like yeah she does show joy and sorrow and you see that and certainly that's aided by the shot composition as well but it's she just when people are alone they're not actually like they're not actually you know crying their eyes out or staring longingly at you know old pictures as movies play in their head they're doing what she does they're doing things and then something catches their eye and it kind of triggers a memory and there's like a sorrowful, they, they smile sadly and then they kind of move on. And I think it's just, this movie is just as kind of a stitch together of those little moments of sorrow and joy and just everything that makes life 
life, if that makes sense. Definitely. I think it, it was definitely these silent scenes of her driving, her living her van life that really made the film what it is, made the film an indie film and just made it enjoyable altogether and emotional without having to say a word, without having to give you music that forces you to feel a certain way at certain times. I feel that so many movies these days and even movies back before our time had this music or had this certain dialogue or storyline that would force the audience, almost almost physically force the audience to feel a certain way emotionally. But this film definitely doesn't do that. It does that by the subtleties of McDormand's acting, of the, the actions that she does. Like you said, it's the everyday actions that you see when people are alone. It's, it, it's almost too often in films these days and back in the day that we see these kind of forced emotional times where they look at something or they just suddenly start crying and suddenly start pitying themselves. Um, Fern could so easily pity herself 3,000 times in this film and she doesn't because that's not what her character is. She's not someone that just puts on a brave face in front of others. She's brave all the time. There's one point in the film that she's sleeping in what I think is a gas station parking lot. And a man comes out and says, oh, you can't sleep here. And she's like, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm moving, I'm going. You know, it's just, that's probably one of maybe 100, 200 lines she has in the entire film. And for a film that's completely focused on her and her alone, there's... I, I can't think of actually one scene in which she's not a part of. That's that's not a lot of lines. You know, a lot of it is just focused on her, focused on her subtle approach to what what she does on a daily basis. And I think that Chloe Zhao did a great job selecting these scenes. And I think whoever was doing the cinematography did a great job at isolating her in this small van. And of course, I can't give enough credit to Frances McDormand for her performance as Fern, giving that isolated feeling, that independent woman feeling that she does all too well. And that's that's really what makes this movie. I think that's why it won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture. And I think that's why, like you said, it is is so so highly touted as being most likely the best picture. Um, I might eat my words <laughs> in the next couple of days, but we'll see it's it's very very likely that this will win best picture and i don't think either of us after after watching this film are surprised about that certainly not and um well if 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 you if we're if we're wrong on that vegas is losing a lot of money um <laughs> just because they're so heavily favored but um yeah going off you said i think it's significant i went into this movie and you kind of what you expect out of these sorts of movies is an aspect of change Especially in a movie where I want, where the main is, you know, she's going through an extraordinary change in her life. She's moving around. And what struck me as this movie is how cyclical it is. It's not, you're not watching a woman going through major changes, I think. You're, you're, go, you're watching a woman who's just doing what she's doing. And I think it's significant that the end of the movie ends up with her back at that Amazon center. And then finally back at her own hometown. And then back on the road. It's not as if she, she 
gets this realization halfway through the movie or she like develops very much as a character. I don't think she changes all that much as a character. I think because she's a human being, I think. And human, well, not I think. She's a human being and human beings don't just change for change shake. They don't change because they're the subject of a movie. There's nothing in this movie that really changed her to a certain degree. And I, there, you can absolutely interpret this movie in a just different way and say, what are you talking about? She ha- she went through all of these changes. I disagree. I think that in the beginning of the movie, she's hitting the road. She goes to Amazon. She works there. In the end of the movie, she's doing the exact same things. They even repeat some shots, honestly. Not the exact same shots, but shots of her doing the exact same things. I think what this is trying to say is that what she is doing as a person is okay. She doesn't need to change. She doesn't need to have any of these realizations because human beings once they get to a certain age, I mean, they don't really change much. They just, they are who they are and they go through life how they go through life. And I think in that way, in the way that they didn't force change on her, this is one of the most accurate depictions of a human life that, I, that I've that i ever seen put on film. I have to agree. Right from the beginning, she's completely independent. She doesn't want anybody's help. She doesn't want to live with anybody. She doesn't want to do anything. And even near the end of the film, she gets probably the biggest chance to live in a house and be cared for by Dave and his family members, which he takes up the opportunity to actually live with them. And it seems for a good second that she'll take that opportunity up as well. But she doesn't. She doesn't take the opportunity up. She leaves again and she goes back to her van life. So this really isn't about the story arc of a woman. This, this is about a woman who is dead set on being independent, who's dead set on doing just what she wants to do and not really caring about you know, what, what she looks like, I guess. Um, let me think. There are a lot of parts of this film that I appreciate. I think the screenplay was solid. The directorial style is perhaps my favorite part besides the acting from McDormand herself. But I think that Strathairn also turned into a fantastic performance. I thought that honestly he was he was very enjoyable. I thought that he was a he was fun to watch. He gave a great performance as Dave. Bar none, best performance I've seen from him altogether. I don't think that I've seen a better performance out of him in anything, honestly. I think that he's always he's always been good. He's always been fun to watch. And he's always turned in good performances altogether. But this one really topped them all, in my opinion. I think that he was he was he was fantastic in this film. I don't think I could see him doing any better as as a when they filmed it. 70 to 71 year old man i thought that he did fantastic he played he played way under his age in this one as did uh as did mcdormand although she was quite quite a bit younger than he was when they filmed this um i just i couldn't find a lot that i didn't like in this film perhaps a couple parts were a little slow that's really the only thing that i can knock the film for was being a little slow because of the immense silence and the little dialogue that would happen at a lot of the times in this film. 
But besides that, honestly, I can't really knock the film a lot. I thought for an indie film, it was very well put together. It was well thought out and well planned. I I can't really say many things that I disliked about this film, honestly. I, I, am, I am also at a loss. I think within the trappings of an indie film, I mean, obviously, there are certainly some times where you can kind of tell that they directed some of the non-actors, and I think that's where the film's gets a little weak because like they aren't actors and that's fine. They're just regular people. And I think when they almost, when the director tries to make them seem like that, which is very rare, don't get me wrong. It doesn't always come off as the most kind of, it, it kind of breaks it a little bit for me. Those moments are extremely few and extremely far in between, but I mean, that certainly, um, I really don't, I, I've heard people say that this is a political movie, and I just don't think that's true. Like, people, like, that scene with Fern at her sister's house talking about how the housing market is inherently bad and how you shouldn't set up people to fail like these realtors were doing, I think people interpreted that as what Fern was saying is the political message of the movie, and I didn't, I think that's a bit oversimplifying it i understand why people think that they think that because first of all people try to find a political message in every movie nowadays and second of all if there is one it probably is that that um kind of housing and you know screwing over the little man and things like that i just don't buy it from this movie in in particular i understand why like i said people believe that but i just don't think fern is like uttering the opinions of the director or screenwriter the same person or the writer of the novel it was based off of i don't think that's really the case and if i just don't understand that interpretation of it i think if you did interpret this movie as a political movie you would interpret it as a bad one because it's not trying to do that i think part of the reason is you kind of get to see a bit of ferns like built up and she's been a little I wouldn't say brainwashed, but when the only people you're listening to uh, getting opinions from are nomads, I would imagine that bubble is hard to kind of escape from. And so when you're kind of thrust back into normal society, which is what is basically happening here, yeah, your views do seem a little odd and certainly uneducated, which hers do. But I don't know. It, it, it is, it's very hard. And these are all incredible nitpicks and some not even that of this movie. It's just, it's a very simple movie. And I think it doesn't do anything bad. Maybe, because when I was watching this movie, I, I my, one thing in the back of my mind was, how are they going to end it? Because I just don't see how this could, movie could really end and be like a good ending. And I was somewhat, I wasn't let down by the ending because they ended it how they had to because human lives don't just end. Well, they do end. But when human lives are ongoing, a picture of a human's life don't just end and the chapter in a real person's life ends in reality the ending the only real ending of this movie is the beginning because it ends that chapter of fern's life and starts a new one and that chat and that chapter is followed through this movie and throughout the end maybe just the lack of a steady conclusion but even then that's kind of the point of the movie i thought they could have done a little bit more with the conclusion i mean that, that's probably my biggest problem with the movie i think yeah i mean i i definitely see your point not every film not every film's like Citizen Kane where they take us through the entire lifetime of Charles Foster Kane, where we go from start to finish 
childhood to death, we do see just a portion of Fern's life in this film. However, I do feel like a lot of the greatest films that we've seen, your Pulp Fictions, your Django Unchained, I, for, for lack of for lack of further directors, I'm just, I'm just going on Quentin Tarantino's right now, but they do take place over maybe the course of a certain timeline. Your Pulp Fictions take place over a course of maybe three days. Nomadland over maybe a year or so. We don't we don't see a full life change. We don't see Fern and her husband, and then all of a sudden her husband dies. That's all something that happens before the film takes place. We don't see this huge character arc with Fern. We don't see her character change much at all. We see the same thing from start to finish. We see the beginning. She works at Amazon. And at the end, she gets another job at Amazon. I think this yeah, no. was, I think this was well planned. I think this was a good idea. I don't, I don't think that they had a different plan for this film. I think that they stuck to the novel pretty well. I think that was a good idea. I think that overall, this film deserves praise because of the directorial style, the screenplay, and the acting. Of course, also the cinematography. But I'm not surprised, like I said before, that this won numerous awards, and I will not be surprised if it wins Best Picture at the Oscars. No, and I'm glad you brought up um, the character, and you can't see me, but I'm doing little air quotes with my hands, um, of Bo, because obviously he's not in the movie for even a second. He's dead for years when the movie starts, or months, or whatever. I don't really remember what the timeline is. That's not important. I do enjoy how his character is... Maybe not his character, but the existence of his character is reflected in Fern throughout. And I think it's very subtle, but it's reflected in the Shakespeare poem that she recites as her wedding vows. Because if you know Sonnet 18, it's it, the idea of Sonnet 18 is that you should reflect. It's basically a person is comparing, well, not a person. Shakespeare is comparing a bunch of different beautiful things in nature to compare his one true love to who is a small child is, is a teenage boy, but we'll forget about that for a couple of minutes. Um, and he's like, are you like the setting sun? No, because that goes away. Are you like the summer? No, because that goes away. And so he ends up deciding that he shall compare him to the, the very poem he's writing. And that is how he will live on for as long as people read this poem, your memory will live on. And I think that's very much how Fern lives for as long as Fern is alive through her actions, through her kindness, and through the love she shows other people, the love and the memory of her husband will live on. And I think, honestly, that scene for me is what elevated this movie from great to a beyond, like a step beyond great. Amazing, if you will. I just really, I just enjoyed that so much. It's a subtle thing, but I honestly think if you listen to the words of the poem, you would immediately understand that and how closely it relates to her husband. That's what she's doing. Her life is is her poem. Her life is her remembrance of her husband. No, she doesn't talk about her husband with everybody, but she doesn't need to because you understand who he is, how great of a man he was by the woman he married and the woman kind of that became as a result partially of the people who shaped her. And it's not just her husband that she carries with her. She carries everybody. She carries 
um, Swanky. She carries that other woman that she's with in the beginning. She carries all of these people. I'm sure by the end of the movie, she's carrying Dave with her. And she just carries all of these people. And it's a different way, like I mentioned, of living your life and ending and the end of your life as well. It's not what you leave behind. It's what you carry with you. Is home is home a place or is home something you carry with you? It's something, it's different for everybody, but for Fern, it's not something she carries with her. It's the people that she carries with her throughout her journey. It's definitely a good outlook. I totally agree. It is, it is the people that she carries with her. It's her husband that she remembers. And it's of course her dad that she remembers through the dishes that he gave her. Those, those nice, those nice things that he gave her that, are eventually broken throughout the film that she reconstructs with super glue. I do like this film a lot. I thought, I, I don't know if I could personally call it amazing, but I would call it one of the greats, at least from this year of honestly, rather subpar films that we were subjected to when it, comes, <laughs> when it comes to the COVID times. But I do think this was a diamond in the rough. I think this, this was deservedly nominated for, for an Oscar. I don't know if it will win for sure. Obviously, who knows? That's the the likelihood of predicting what the academy you choose on a on a year to year basis is about as likely as predicting the winner of the NBA Finals two years prior. You know, you'll you'll never know. It's com- completely up in the air. About as up in the air as where. Kevin Durant will play on a on a certain year, but I I won't be surprised and I won't be honestly pissed off if this one wins. Last year I I thought you know oh geez you know Parasite won, good God I don't know why why this one honestly but then I gave it a second look and I thought you know what this was an original movie this was a fun movie to watch honestly maybe we shouldn't give it a chance to win best picture, maybe just best feature film because, or I'm sorry, best foreign film, because that's what we've always done in the past. You know, maybe I still feel that way personally, but it was a fun movie to watch. So after watching this film and watching all the other nominees, I feel like this one's definitely got a good chance. Personally, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with it for best picture, but you know, it's, it's definitely probably in my, top three or four out of these nominees for sure. Probably top three, I'd say. I've certainly had, for reasons that have played us all, I've had less reason to watch a ton of movies that come out in 2020. Um, partially because I, I uh, part, partially because of external circumstances, partially because I just don't think there were as many. Well, I don't, I don't not think there were many. I know there weren't as many great movies this year. It's just the nature of the circumstances. And I think if nothing else, I think this will do some great things for indie movies. I think that's that, that that's terrific that this is happening. And obviously, I mean, this this Josh James Richards guy's career is going to take off. It's going to go to the moon. I mean, no one's even if I mean, even if this doesn't win Best Picture, I can't imagine. I Again, I haven't watched many movies. I would imagine he at least wins it for cinematography. It's sublime work. Um yeah, I would say the only the, the only reason why I'm confident in this winning is because the odds say it will. And the odds had Parasite as a small favorite last year, not a big one. And I like to think it was pretty close. I, I it's just in a lot of years there are like 
2019 was such a wonderful year for film, I think. There are so many terrific movies that you can make legitimate cases. I think there are probably seven to eight movies you can make real cases for this is the best movie of the year. Absolutely. And, like, ranging from Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to from Parasite to Ford v. Ferrari to 1917, there's so many terrific films. I just think this year, would Nomadland win in that year? No. Absolutely. I think we're probably both pretty solid on that. Um, well, I, I won't speak for you, but I, I certainly do not think that no, no Headland would no. win in 2019. Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, for the 2019 movies, rather. Um, it, it's a great movie. Um, it, it's, it, it's unique. And if nothing else, it's unique in what it's doing. I haven't seen a movie quite like it. I've seen movies that capture the human experience maybe a little bit better and maybe to a more emotional effect because I do think sometimes in this movie where it gets slow, the emotion that this movie is trying to kind of swell up in you and you can tell by the music and the landscapes doesn't always hit 100%. And I think other movies just allow themselves to do that a bit more with experimental kind of views and like trying to use allegories in the pictures they show. I don't really think this movie does that very often, which is fine because it's a picture of real life, but I don't think this movie does anything at a five-star level, but I don't think it does anything below a four-star level, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I don't personally, well, I, I should say, I would not personally put my vote in for this to be best picture, but maybe besides Mank, I would definitely put it as best cinematography. I like, like we've said a couple of times, the cinematography was great. It gave the great isolated feeling that Fern had throughout the film. And it gave the, the, um, the feeling of her independence that she really wanted. She really wanted all to herself. She had no problem with throughout the entire film. So we're getting, we're getting probably close to our, close to our end of the, of the podcast for Nomad Land. Is there anything else that you want to bring up before we go through our classic bests? Well, I got my Shakespeare thing out of the way. Um, not, not really. I think we can move forward to favorite shot, um, shot scene in line. If that's obvious, no need to do performance in this one, certainly. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. So I guess I'll, I'll ask you first, um, do you have a favorite shot in this movie? You know, I think my favorite shot would probably be the one where Swanky goes back to Alaska and we get the view from her camera of what she sees before she dies, of course. I think I thought that was a really heartfelt, heartfelt moment in the film. And I I was I was pretty filled with joy when we saw that because we were we were made to love Swanky early on. And I think I was I was happy to see that she made it and I was happy that to see that Fern was happy for her. What do you think? Yeah, I, I that, that that is a terrific scene. I, I it's 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 very much a modern day scene because you're watching it on. But at first, it's on uh, Fern's phone, then it cuts to the full thing, and it's it's exactly how Swanky described. And she picks the egg out of the water and then lets it drop, and then you know she made it, and it's nice. It's a it's uh, it's it is a very nice scene. I think my favorite um, out of many certainly. Um, is when Fern is floating naked in that near the waterfall, wherever she is in America. I just think it's, she's at, at, she's the closest to peace 
as she is in anywhere in the movie in that very scene. She's completely naked. She's floating and she's moving towards the waterfall. That's she's just and I would love about that is she's going where the river is pushing her. And I think in the movie, she's very much going wherever the river of life is pushing her. I think she probably she certainly has agency over her life, but she never has maybe as much as she wants or she desires. Maybe it's hard to say how much want she she has for that, but. I just think that movie very that sorry that scene that that shot rather very much illustrates um, kind of her mindset throughout the movie. Um, uh, what do you think? Well, when it comes to probably my favorite scene, I jeez, I might have to go with. I had to say the the one I got the most enjoyment out of was when she was sitting outside of her sister's house with her sister a few of her sister and her husband's friends and her husband, her sister's husband and her, her sister's husband says something like, Oh, well not, not something to the effect of not all of us can just pack up and leave. And then she gets kind of angry about this right off the bat. I felt like Francis McDormand did great with that saying something along the lines of, Oh, is that what I did? I just packed up and left. And then, of course, her sister is trying to repair the damage, saying that, oh, I think I think what Fern did, does is good. I think a lot more of us should do this, or I think what Fern's doing is brave or something like that, just trying to repair the damage. They're the new pioneers or whatever. Right, right. I think they're they're the new pi- pioneers or whatever. Um, uh, what, what, what would you say is your favorite scene? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I... My my favorite scene was actually right after that one. It was I mentioned it earlier when she's sitting down in her sister's house and she's she's just trying to kind of live. She, she's trying to she's just staying there for the night and she gets her money and she's like you know we're gonna I'm gonna pay you back and the sister's like I know but you you know kind of get the idea she's probably not going to. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's just it's it's it changes the whole ass like your viewpoint on the movie, I think, because up until then it's you, you're witnessing a woman who's forced by her circumstances to hit the road, her circumstances. But after you get to hear from her sister who knows her better than anybody else in the world, probably you realize it's really her nature. That's forcing her to do this and it completely transforms it. It turns Fern from a victim to almost maybe not a hero, but something close to it. Somebody who's doing what they want to do and isn't apologizing for it. And I think that's significant. For sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, go ahead. What uh what would you say is probably your favorite line in the film? Yeah. Um there's a couple that I really, really like. I would say that when she says, um, when kind of her sister is finally calling her out and she's saying, um, you know, you did all these things, you just left. Like this wasn't the right thing to do. Like there are flaws, like what she does affects other people. And I think you don't understand that until you witness the t- until you witness the sister's anger here. And Fern says that one's on me. It's like she takes at least a little bit of accountability for what she's done. And she, you know, she, she you can tell she feels to a, a degree of guilt for kind of up and leaving the family and never coming back. And like, yes, Fern is to a degree forced to move out of her house, but she's not forced to stay on the road. Her sister, her pride and her, I wouldn't say ego, but certainly her pride forbids her from taking any hands out handouts. 
it forbids her from, you know, moving forward and actually settling down in her life. And I think it's not necessarily a wholly a good thing. And I think that's one of the conclusions of this movie. Um, how about you? What would you say is your favorite line? So I had a couple. I think you mentioned one earlier. It's one that um, Angela said to Fern earlier. She said, or you mentioned it earlier. She says, home, is it just a word or is it something that you carry within you? That was one of the, my favorites. And then the other one that I that I decided on was Bob said, Bob Wells said, I don't ever say a final goodbye. I always just say, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I thought those were two two pretty powerful lines. Not not a back and forth between anybody, but just powerful lines. Definitely part of the the indie structure of the film, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, it's it's a very impressive. Th- those are two great lines, and one I almost forgot. Um, she tells that young girl that used to know her, "I'm not home. I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless." That kind of goes along with, I think, those two quotes you mentioned. Um, Guess finishing up, what would you rate this movie out of five? I'd probably have to go with a four or a four and a half out of five. What about you? Yeah, I definitely go with. I think I'm probably leaning towards. I'm leaning towards four and a half. I'll say I'll say solid four and a half. I don't think this movie does anything wrong to drop it from five. I just don't think it really does anything. It does a lot of special things to get it to four and a half. I don't think it does those extra things necessary to kind of elevate it to five. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it, it's a terrific movie. I recommend it to anyone. Um, certainly not necessarily a feel good movie, although I don't know. It's one of the things I, I, I hesitate to call this movie necessarily an entertaining one. I think it's an important watch for the year and it's important. It's, it's a good movie. I hesitate to say that, like, if you put it down with like your friends, you'll like. It's certainly not one of those. I think it's almost more of one that you would kind of maybe watch in a theater in relative silence for the most part or watch by yourself. I don't know. It's certainly not a high. It's it's about the lowest energy movie there is. Um, it's it's a good one, certainly, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, but it's not like, you know, a family movie night kind of movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, this is one of those films where you definitely have to pay attention. You can't just... You can't just sit around with your friends and watch this movie. I can't imagine at least sitting around with a bunch of teenagers watching this one because I can I can imagine that there's going to be quite a bit of talking and just a bit of back and forth. They're like, huh, what, what'd you say? What'd he say? Or something like that. I don't think that you could really properly do this movie justice by watching it with a, a decently large group. I think this is this was, because it's an indie film, meant to be watched on your own, maybe with one other person that respects films this is the way you do um but yeah i think this this movie is that de- does definitely deserve some praise it deserves recognition this year and in this year of honestly not fantastic filmmaking but yeah i mean i think it was definitely good i i'd say a solid four for me out of five but it's i'd say it is a must watch because of mcdormand's performance and jow's uh directorial style especially yeah um All right. I think that about wraps it up. Thanks for listening, podcasters. Next week, join me when I discuss the Oscar nominees and the results from this year's Oscars. I'll be giving an in-depth analysis of what I think of the results and whether or not the winners should have won. Tune in next week. Can't wait to see you again. Have a good night.